Today, I want to talk about three journeys. And the first journey we'll begin talking about with a story. It's a very ancient story. It's about a young man, a young boy, actually, who worked at his father's shop. Now, his father was a high priest to all the gods and idols of the region that they lived in, right? And at his store, he sold these statues of these idols and these gods, and people would come from all over to either worship the idols or the statues or to buy them and bring them home to worship them. Very lucrative business, and he was doing very well, probably. Well, somehow, very early on in this young boy's life, he knew and he learned that all these idols and gods mean nothing, that there's only one God worthy to worship. And to prove the point to his father, one day as he is left at the shop to tend things while his father is away, he takes a hammer and he smashes every single statue and idol until all are broken except for one, the largest one. Then he takes the hammer and puts it in that idol, that statue's hand. And of course, when his father comes home, he's furious. He wants to know what happened, what went on here. And the boy says, well, the idols had a fight. And the big one smashed all the other ones up. To which the father replies, that is ridiculous. These are statues. They don't have power. They can't do anything. To which the young boy replied, why do you worship them? Now, no word on what type of punishment the boy had, but point proven, indeed. Now, as we are reading in the book of Genesis, as we kind of have, we realize we don't know a whole lot about this guy Abram. Abraham, as we commonly refer to him, but Abram as he is first known. If you're reading in Genesis, he just sort of appears, right? We, We hear about his father, and he's mentioned as one of the sons, and very early on, Jewish rabbis would look at that and they'd want to know, why Abram? What made Abraham so special? Why would God choose him? And so we have some of these stories like the one I told you where the young boy is Abraham. And these stories are told about Abraham's life before Genesis. And these are ways to explain or maybe to justify just why God chose Abraham. Abraham, because if you remember, the last time God says something in Genesis, it was at the Tower of Babel. You remember that tower, don't you? Right? It was the epitome of human disobedience to God, and God speaks against that temple. And if you, uh, that, that, that building, if you remember even before then, we have something about where God started over with this people that was created. You remember that story with the flood, and so we realize that Well, these people aren't doing so well. What makes Abraham so unique, so special? Why would God choose him? Now, we also find out that there are other stories about Abraham in the Jewish tradition, and they all sort of speak to this very same thing, the same thing even that we can see in the text that we have. At one point, not in in Genesis, Abraham is called the Hebrew which can be translated the one on the other side. And some have suggested that 
in the world that he lived in, everyone, even his own father, they stood on one side with all of their idols, with all their statues and gods. And Abram stood on the other side all by himself. But yet he believed in his one God. And then one day, this God he believes in shows up and says, I want you to leave everything you have right now, everything comfortable about your life. I want you to leave your family, your home, and I want you to go to a place that I'm going to tell you is. Now realize so far, only God knows where this place is. Abraham has no idea. Abram has no idea where he is being told to go. He just knows that God said, go. And how did he respond? We might just sort of glance over it. But it says, so Abram went. Abram went. Well, God, shouldn't you tell me first where you want me to go, and then I'll let you know if that's a good idea? God, let me finish what I got working over here, because we're almost done and things are looking good. Then we'll go. God, you know, your place just doesn't fit into my five-year plan right now. You know, I'm, I'm teasing. The text says, Abram went. Maybe that's part of the reason why God chose Abram, Abraham. Because he was obedient. And he had this faith in God that many around him didn't have. And that God came along and sort of messed up his journey. Messed up everything that was going right for him. But even so, he went. There's another journey, another man. And this man was one of those who seemed to have it all. Had authority, had respect. Everywhere he went, people knew him, admired him. If we were to put him in today's context, he probably had six figures, drove the nice car, had degrees all up and down his wall. Just one of those, right? Had everything he could want from this life. But there was something about this guy, Jesus, that was just messing everything up in this man's world, this man named Nicodemus. Now, of course, I don't know this, but I kind of have in my mind, Nicodemus, he wants to meet with Jesus, and he's planning this thing for weeks. Because he knows he can't just go next to Jesus, sit down and say, hey, buddy, let's chat. Because if he does that, everybody around him would see him and wonder what's going on with him. It'd be like me watching a cowboy game, right? You knew you would know something was wrong, right? You would wonder what happened, right? Yeah. And so Nicodemus knows if I go with Jesus, people will question my authority. They may wonder if I've gone to the other side. And so John tells us Nicodemus went at night, when the eyes aren't looking as much. And he sits and has this chat with Jesus, and very quickly, Jesus confuses him. Because, talk about messing up a journey, if if Nicodemus has this right, if he understands Jesus correctly, he has to climb back into the womb and be born out of the womb again. What? One commentator 
translated, uh, Nicodemus uh, talked like this. At my age, you want me to climb back into the womb, into the uterus, and then you want me to climb out? I can barely get out of bed in the morning. And you want me to do that, Jesus? But we realize Jesus has confused Nicodemus because just as he has come at night, spiritually speaking, he is in the dark. There is something about him, something about his circumstance, something about maybe even his focus that is blinding him and that is indeed keeping him in the dark about the kind of journey Jesus is talking about. And that brings us to our third journey. And that journey is yours and mine. Now, you know your life way better than anybody else even sitting next to you here in this place. You know about your speed bumps. You know about your wrong turns, your one ways, your potholes. You know about getting lost. You know about doing 45 and a 30. You know all about your life, don't you? You know about the times when you can look back and say, man, it's no wonder God didn't choose me. (laughs) But there's also those times when you know that, yeah, I could see God choosing me. And you know about where our journey has brought us through You know about the times we put too much value in things we've accumulated. You know about the times, though, even when we've used those things God has given us to bless others. You know all about your life, don't you? Maybe we don't take time to consider and to contemplate, reflect on where we've been, but you know where you've been. And as people who know where they have been, the question for us today as we think about the journeys of Abram Abraham and Nicodemus, the question for us is, where is God leading us now? Where is God leading us now? What am I being called to do now? Now, realize what I didn't say. I didn't tell you to ask yourself, What am I really interested in? I didn't tell you to ask yourself, what do I want out of my life right now? What do I want to do to better myself? What do I have in mind for my five or ten year plan? What do I want to do with my life? I didn't tell you to ask that. I encourage you to ask, where is God leading us now? We've already talked together about getting so focused on doing things my way. And when we do things and we focus ourselves on doing things my way, that quite often leads us away from God's way. But where is God leading us right now? If Abraham were to answer that question, you'd probably think he'd answer, I don't know. But wherever God's leading me, I'm going. Maybe he's singing, where he leads me, I will follow. I will go with him, with him all the way. I don't know where he's leading me. I just know I'm going. Hmm? Maybe God just wants us 
to follow right now. We get, sometimes we get so caught up, and you hear it all the time, about getting ready for the next big thing, getting ourselves ready to conquer and to take over and to do such great things. And, and perhaps God is calling us or calling some of us to do those kinds of things. But perhaps we find out more than anything, God is calling us just to follow. Follow. You see, those other stories that we heard or that we know of about Abraham, Abram's early life, those tell us about his belief in God, don't they? That they believed in, that he believed in this one God. But when this God showed up in Genesis, what we see is not just Abram's belief, but that he was willing to follow. It's one thing, I think, to say we believe. It's a whole other monster to commit ourselves to following. And so maybe, just maybe, if God wants us to follow, maybe we should follow. Because we realize for Abraham, on the other side of following God was his purpose and was his new life. It's the same thing that Jesus was trying to tell Nicodemus. On the other side of your waiting and your following is your new life. And is your purpose. And friends, the same thing I believe is true for us when we commit ourselves to following. On the other side of our following is our purpose and our new life. So maybe God just wants us to follow. And if that's true, then we should be learning what it means to follow. Because Nicodemus thought he knew what it was, what it meant to follow. Matter of fact, everybody else probably thought he knew. If anybody else is going to know, it's going to be Nicodemus. That's what we pay him for. That's what he wears the big robes for. But yet we see he was missing something. There was something he didn't realize. It was something he didn't get. So maybe we should learn more what it means to follow. The bumper sticker, sticker says, if God is your co-pilot, then swap seats. Stop telling God what you want to do. God's heard it a million times, would you? Stop telling God what you want out of your life. Stop telling God what you want to have happen and listen so you can follow what God has for us. Part of listening, part of, excuse me, following is listening and learning and realizing what keeps us from doing those things. Nicodemus was confused that night. Maybe he didn't realize what we think we can see in the story. And maybe we don't realize ourselves what's in our story that keeps us from following the way God wants us to. But part of it, I believe, starts from these words in Psalm 21. It goes back to maybe what God, the reason God chose Abraham, talking about faith, what Paul would later talk about was Abraham's strong quality, his faith in this God he could not see. We realize that in our life and our journeys, we need help. 
Sometimes we need help to find the right direction. We need to know when the detour needs to be taken. We need to realize when we just got to stop and start over again. And the psalmist who wrote Psalm 121, I think, sums it up for us very, very nicely. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. And how's this for journey? The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Friends, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a journey I want to be on. Thanks be to God.